keep them in your home or love to see them in theirs. These are the creatures that bring us all together. Reptiles. reptiles. We're going to be delving into the experiences of reptile lovers from around the block and around the world. This is the Reptile Talk Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Jeremy Turgeon from Brassman Reptiles. And I'm Rob, and I'm creeping it real. So this is episode 17, and we just did our episode with Kevin mm. last week, which was kind of a milestone marker because we did the Instagram Live simultaneously, yes, that which was really people cool. seem to really like. Yeah, so, I, dig, I dig it. Uh, maybe we'll do more of that in, in the, the future, future if the, we have the future uh, visitors in yeah. the area that we want to have on. That would be awesome. <clears throat> Um, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about kind of how the hobbies changed, the reptile hobby has changed and evolved and some of the things that we've seen come and go, because uh, it's, it's completely different now than when I was growing up and same, I remember seeing things, Yeah. but that's, it's changed so much. So like, when was the first time that you went to a reptile expo? Oh like, man. How old are you? I was young. Um, or maybe... 12-ish. I think I was around that same age. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was a White Plains show. Damn. Yeah. So, like, talk about getting your feet wet. That's uh, <laughs> that's an overwhelming show to go to yeah. for your first one. <laughs> yeah. And I remember we got lost, too. It was uh, myself, obviously, my mom, and uh, I think our friend Lisa. And we were looking – we got the wrong exit. Mm. on the highway because mm. our the gps this was before like phone gps's yeah. were like really a you had thing to buy a so physical GPS. yeah we had the uh oh what the hell garmin garmin mm -hmm. yeah that's right yeah, I had one the of garmin gps and uh i think the exit was like exit 31 or something on the on the stretch of highway we were on but it told us to get off at exit 31 in connecticut mm. not in new york new york so it tells us to get off the highway, and we're like, oh, well, that was fast. Okay, you know, I wonder how this is going to join. And suddenly we're just, like, perusing back roads, and mm -hmm. uh, we finally asked for directions, and they're like, oh, yeah, you're, like, a good hour away from where you want to be. And we're like, uh, oh, cool. Crap. You know, yeah. I mean, I didn't. I was frustrated, but I didn't know. I'm yeah. like, wee, reptile mm -hmm. show. <laughs> mm -mm. <laughs> Meanwhile, my mom's like, we just wasted time. Yeah. You know, yeah. but – uh it was cool, and um, man, back then White Plains was packed. Yep, and like move. you can't move. In that yeah, <laughs> at, but at like every single show, because mm -hmm. um, I remember like even just a couple of years after that, it was still like every show was swamped basically from beginning to end. Yeah, and uh, I mean you could go, you could get there like after the show started, and the line would still be out the door and around the. The, the bend that is why i would drag my friends out of bed at five o'clock in the morning because it was mm -hmm. a three and a half hour drive and we would get there before nine so i could stand close to the mm -hmm. front of the line and actually get inside yep. oh my god it was yeah it was crazy and now i think in recent years i've only seen that level of packed maybe once or twice in the last couple of years and yeah. i i was doing every white plane show mm -hmm. you know so i mean there would be moments and i mean you know so i'm talking like more than just a wave yeah. of of packed yep. you know the whole show from the beginning to end exactly. was like you could barely move you couldn't see tables sometimes yeah yeah that doesn't exist anymore yeah bummer yeah i think my first expo was like i don't i don't even know if i count the mass expo as as a first expo because it was like a tiny room i was like one of the first mass reptile expos and it was mm -hmm. in a room that was like 20 by 30 feet and it was six vendors so i don't know if i count that yeah but after that i think the first ones that i went to was manchester mm -hmm. uh in new hampshire and then i went to white plains too like very soon after that just to experience it and I remember because back when I used to get reptiles magazines all the time, in the back they would have reptile expos in the classified section, or mm -hmm. like notifications for when there's the next reptile expos. And I used to just haunt that and just like read it over and over and be like, I wonder if I can convince my mom to go to this one because White Plains, New York is like four hours from where I grew up. So yeah, yeah. it wasn't a one that I could go to on a regular basis before I had my own car and stuff. But my mom's family is from Connecticut and some of them live like 
20 minutes away from White Plains, maybe 10 minutes away oh, from White Plains. Oh, that's cool. So what we did is one of the times we had gone down there for, I think it was either Thanksgiving. I think it was Thanksgiving. Yeah. They had a show that same weekend. Yep. So I was like, can we stay with the, with the relatives who live over by New York and we can go like to the Reptile Expo? And it was snowing that day. It was terrible. My mom was so upset. She's like, we're not going to go. And I like, I cried. I was like, I the reptiles. This is the only thing I care about. Yeah. And so we, we went and like... I just remember it. You got inside, and we had our jackets on, and mm-hmm. immediately sweat because of how many people were in there. Oh, you had to, like yeah, pull yeah, all yeah. your jacket and your sweatshirts off and everything. Oh my goodness! But Manchester was probably like one of the first ones that I went to on a regular basis, and it mm-hmm. was like an hour away from my house, so we could drive there and do a day trip and go and see a bunch of the stuff. And it just like it really excited me i used to not be able to sleep the night before the reptile expo because i'd be like ah, what species am i gonna see there there's gonna be so many cool things yes. i can talk to people who like reptiles because i didn't wasn't i didn't know many people who were into reptiles even yeah. like half as much as me i knew a couple people but like when you go to an expo it's it's your family it's your you know yeah your, your people true. your your tribe yeah you can nerd out and not feel yeah pushed. yeah for the most part most of the time <laughs> <laughs> and there's the one guy who's like nah man i just kind of like Working with these things a little bit. I don't really know anything about them. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'll talk to somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, that's cool. See yeah. Ya. See you, dude. <laughs> but it's crazy because, like, back then, I remember going in and, like, I think I mentioned it in the podcast before, but, like, I remember going and seeing a pair of Womas on a table, and I was like, what the heck? Oh, yeah, What yeah, is yeah. – I- Australia, this is not a thing that should be here. And yeah. then now I see Womas on like a bunch of different tails. I'm like, oh yeah, this that's cool. This Womas right there, that's that's pretty cool. I mm-hmm. mean, not everyone has them, but they, you know, they're, they're cool. They're there. Um, and even at like at the bigger expos, you can go and see stuff where you're like, where the hell did that come from? Yeah. But any your like local expos, you don't typically yeah, you see don't as see much of that stuff. Yeah. And uh, back then, I just remember every time that I went, it was something else. It was something different, mm-hmm. and there was always something different to see at the shows it always just surprised me yeah that's that was one of the things that i liked about the white plains show is for the longest time it was like because i mean you had like vin russo was always Mm -hmm. there with the crazy boas obviously ian at outback was was up on the stage and he would always have like weird the weirdest things things, yeah you know um and then of course there were like ball python guys like brian barcheck used to do the show Mm -hmm. and, and would always have a bunch of crazy stuff um and then you would have your like mom and pop reptile shops like uh, Harris and Wonderland, um, mm-hmm. Adam Harris. And, um, but there was always a really good variety of stuff that was at the show. And now it's, and I feel like this is across the board. It's become a, a ball Python fest Yeah, for the most part, which I mean, <clears throat> it's cool it's because its everybody's working, you know, with different things for the most part. Um, so that's kind of cool. But, um, Man, I remember even down when I went when I did Daytona back in 2014, it was so many ball python breeders, mm-hmm. and it was like you know this is cool because like guys like Greg Graziani and stuff like they had, you know they've been in it for a long ass time, so they had a lot of stuff that not too many people had anywhere close to on their mm-hmm. table, but um, I remember Day- Daytona that year it was like Steve Tillis was like the only guy with bloods and short tails. Um, and then there was a guy with uh, dwarf monitor species. Cool. And then there was like a boa guy or maybe two boa guys. And then there was like Tom Crutchfield in the corner with like an albino iguana <laughs> and just like shaking people's hands because he's Tom Crutchfield. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think that was one of the moments for me because that was also when I was just kind of starting to get myself kind of back into the vibe of of keeping and doing shows again after J and D reptile I had to shut all that shit down. Um so kinda coming back and then seeing that was uh that was the first big expo I had brought myself to. So I was mm. like, Oh, things are certainly oh, different. different. I haven't been out for very long, but things have changed. Like there's definitely a shift. Yeah. Um But you know what is interesting though? Uh, one of the things that's always been kind of under the radar or just not really publicized a lot was carpet pythons. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about it with uh, with Jason Balin, like White Plains was oh, certainly one of those shows was like show, the yeah. carpet show. Um, you know, I mean, like that's where I met Mike Curtin and and um, 
Jason and um, Jay McClear and, and all those guys. But, um, yeah, you, like, hardly ever saw him anywhere else, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, yeah, come to think of it, I don't think I really saw any carpet guys down in, in Daytona that year. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of the year that I went to Daytona. Because I, I went to Daytona in, I think, 2009-ish mm-hmm. time. So, like, Brian Bartek was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Kyogen was there. Mm-hmm. Um, Keith McPeak had vended that one with Bloods and Short Tails and oh, stuff. Wow. And uh, Cryptic Reptiles was there, mm-hmm. and like I'm trying to think, because there was that. I feel like that show there was a lot of variety. There was a lot of ball pythons. Yes. Don't get me wrong. There was a lot of ball pythons there, but there was a huge variety of other stuff. Like Tom Kilgan had like, I remember him having I think it was basins and black-headed pythons on his table, and then Keith McPeak and Cryptic Reptiles had like bloods and short tails, like really nice bloods and short tails, and. I just remember going to that show and I was like super, super impressed because I had not traveled that far for a show ever. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that like when you when you look at the reptile community as a whole, the shows have been kind of a place where you could meet people from all over. Yeah. And and I definitely met some people who I didn't, you know, I had never, I got to meet uh, uh, Tracy from VPI. Mm-hmm. And just being able to like see some of their animals in person was like so exciting for me because yeah. you know I'd see their posts and I'll see the pictures and stuff that they're producing and it's it's cool but like getting to see it in person definitely like makes a bigger impact mm-hmm. in my opinion and so like that show was amazing and then I had gone to the Orlando show where like I was on vacation and I just happened to fall in the time that I was there so I like Mm-hmm. Me and my friend Tyler were like, oh, we're going to go to the Orlando show. So they dropped yeah. us there in the morning, and then they were like, how long do you want to spend there? And I was like, pick us up when it closes. Don't come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it had it was the fire show, and I, th- I don't think they do the fire show anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. But they had a venomous section there, mm-hmm. um, and they it was like you had to be older than a certain age to get in there. And I like – weaseled my way in because I don't I think I was 17 and they were like you gotta be 18 to come in here and I was like I know all about like pick one out and have me identify it pick a rare one and if I get it right I can go in there and they let me go in Ah, so I I was like talking to some of the venomous guys in there because I was like trying to pick their brain because I I don't really get to talk to a lot of people who work with venomous in New England so Mm -hmm. it was just interesting to get to do that and it's it's so it was a cool show. It was a really cool show, but like the rest of the show, I was like, "Oh, it's all ball pythons and leopard geckos, and there's two albino iguanas." <laughs> like yeah. that's that is it. <laughs> yep, it's kind it's kind of a bummer. I mean, it it really just is a it, it's the visualization of what the market is, the online market is, you know, and I, to an extent, yeah, to an extent, you know, where it's like everybody's breeding ball pythons, yeah, you know, and then there's like this group of people that's doing carpets, that group of people that's doing bloods. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Retic guys. The, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, um, it's interesting. It's interesting to see. Cause I know like I've talked to talk about it before how like on morph market, right. There's over 800 ball Python breeders registered <laughs> on morph market just in the United States. That stresses me. <laughs> like that's a, that's a lot of people, um, oh, you know, goodness. and there's, a fraction of that, like a small fraction of that, that are doing like bloods and short tails, yep. that are doing carpet pythons, that yep. are doing other colubrids. You know what I mean? Um, it, it's interesting to see because, like, I was looking at Morph Market a little bit last night just for the hell of it because it's colubrid hatching season right now. So people are starting to post up different things and certain things are available. And um, just, you know, you go to the ball python spot and you see all this new stuff mm-hmm. that people have, have hatched and that's feeding already and, and all that stuff. And then you go to the colubrid side and like, I'm not talking corn snakes. I'm mm-hmm. talking like, let's look at like pyromelina. Let's do, yeah, let's look at some weird rat snakes. And there's like five new posts. Mm-hmm. And I know it's still early in colubrid hatching season, but mm-hmm. it also just goes to show like not many people been, are, yeah. are really doing that. Cause I mean, even early in ball pythons, like you were seeing like, Ozzy and Justin Kabelka and like Billy a Mutation Creation that were like, look at it, I'm already hatching. You know, yep. check, look at all this stuff, look at all this stuff. And, um, you know, I mean, obviously, if you have that many ball pythons, you're going to get some early clutches and early babies and stuff. But if you look at how fast that stuff was being posted as opposed to like anything else, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, man, that's a lot of 
guys doing ball pythons. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And and Morph Market in particular is something that really caught me off guard almost mm. because I mean, I love Morph Market. I think that it's like huge on potential for uh, a lot of the if you're looking for a specific trait, you can search that super easy and I love that because I remember going on King Snake and uh, when I was into ball pythons, trying to find a specific morph of ball python mm. on King Snake is not very easy. And True. even even what was it, ten years ago when I was, you know, more into ball pythons and there weren't weren't as you know, there weren't eight hundred people <laughs> all posting their availability Mm, uh, it was still difficult because i was like i just want like a bumblebee or a bumblebee calico and just like there'd be one ad for a bumblebee and then everyone else who's producing on any sort of a scale is posting this is my availability list and then you have to look through every availability list to figure it out and now morph market you're like oh i want something that's got pastel spider and calico i want it to be a female boom these are the snakes that are available right there Mm -hmm. and i think that that's like amazing it's it's a little frustrating that I don't see as much variety in like the other pythons that's posted on there, but I think yeah. it's just because there's not as many people who – a lot of the people I know who breed Bloods and Short Tails are you know, hesitant to change when it comes to how they post things for sale and all that sort of stuff. So I feel like they've waited to kind of see how Morph Market kind of fluffs out to see mm-hmm. if it's worth posting on there. But I think for most people it is definitely going to be worth – you know, that's where oh, yeah. we get most of our inquiries uh, mm-hmm. for availability is people inquiring from Morph Market, not from any of the other places King that we Snake use or yeah, Fauna or, Fauna or anything, or anything like that. Like yeah. that. Uh, it seems to be a big shift in the hobby towards Morph Market. Yeah. Yeah, which is interesting. And I mean, like, I remember looking at, at Morph Market and immediately seeing, like, the testimonials of even, like, bigger breeders who were like, I've sold more on Morph Market in the first, you know, month of using it than I have in the last year, you know, in in retrospect, whatever. And um, that, to me, was shocking because I was like, well, this is this new... Yeah, it's brand new. What do you mean? (laughs) How is this this possible? But um, I think it's, like, exactly that. Like, people were frustrated with having to search through, you know, a thousand ads of ball pythons trying to read through people's availability lists that might be, you know, 40 lines deep. At least. At least, <laughs> you know. And uh, suddenly you can be like, yep, I want a snake that has pastel, spider, calico. It needs to be female. And, you know, go from there. And yeah. boom. It's there. It's yeah. there. You know, it's right there. And, or uh, you find out that no one's got that animal, and you're like, okay, well, <laughs> now I need to know what yeah. I gotta do. Yeah, and I, I think that's that really was the turning point for it, because it's even that even that for like colubrids and you know other other snake species in general. You know, yeah. um, the only frustrating thing to me, e- and even with the ball pythons, is. Um, it takes a while for Morph Market to recognize new genes. Yes. Like new single genes. Um, like it still doesn't recognize Fader. Really? Ball pythons. Yep. It's still hmm. gray. Gray hmm. I didn't recognize I didn't realize that. Thing. Um, you know, he's got to put out that video. I'm just saying. Yeah, right. <laughs> so to me, that's interesting. Um, and then I think one of the things that's a little frustrating is like if you go to like king snakes, right? So you just go through the umbrella king snakes. It'll give you like the top eight morphs of all kinds of king snakes. Yeah. And then you have to go check the species yeah. underneath. You know, otherwise you could be looking for cal kings, but you click you know hypo and you're looking at a hypo gray band, band or something or yeah. something. You know, and you're like, oh well, I mean that's, that's cool, but not that's what not what I wanted. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, I so. think that it's gonna the the like the kind of point where it's going to make or break it is when it comes to polygenic stuff because like Borneos are gonna fuck that shit up because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like yeah. you you've got these traits that you know may carry this it's from this lineage it's not a simple Mendelian genetics uh, you know so where is that going to fall are people going to be able to search by that or is it just going to be like oh well it's not a it's not a morph so it's not um it's not available on here right right and i think that's going to be frustrating for people who work with polygenic stuff uh amazon tree boas you know borneos and stuff like that yeah amazon tree boas is it's a good point too because i i've looked at the availability on a lot of that stuff and and it seems like they 
I don't think they've truly recognized anything outside of like leopard, tiger, yeah. bicolor, you know, like the the typical industry standard names. But um, yeah, then it's it's interesting because it's like, well, then what are you gonna do for all the other stuff? Are you just gonna have like colored Amazons, yeah. or you know, like how are you gonna mm-hmm. break that down? That's, that's that is yeah, <laughs> that's an interesting thought process. But you know, I mean, in tandem with that, like we haven't even really figured all of that out like the yeah. best way to pitch something like that yeah. to somebody it's just like red amazon it's like okay well what do what happens if i breed that you we don't know you yeah. know what i mean like yeah. there's three generations of parents so you know what you could get yeah you know but it's interesting i think that as we do more breeding and as we figure more things out it'll make things a little bit easier but with polygenic sure. stuff like that that's i think what what has kept a lot of people who may have considered like when they wanted to go from ball pythons to get something a little more weird, a little more different, mm-hmm. uh, has kept them away from Amazon tree boas because so, it's yeah. not so. Oh, you breed an albino to a hat and you make half hats and half albinos. It's mm. easy. Uh, it's like you breed something that's got red and orange in it to something that's black and you get some red things, you get some orange things, you get some yellow things, you get some pattern stuff, you get some gardens, you get some hot like it's. It's more variety, and it's not as set in stone as yeah. the easy Mendelian genetics. And I feel like as a reptile person, if you get a little bit of genetics, if you kind of understand genetics, uh, you look at it from a different lens than a person who doesn't have – like someone who's just getting into reptiles, who has never taken genetics since high school, and they're yeah. going, okay, I don't even understand a head albino. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Um and then you go, okay, well, once you get that figured out, guess what Amazon tree boas do? Nothing like that. Yeah, <laughs> There's yeah, multiple yeah, exactly. different layers to it, and you can produce all these weird things, and it's not anything like that. Mm-hmm. And then you shatter their world. They cry for a week, and then yeah. either they Especially come back or they don't. Especially tell them, like, it's an import, so there's no lineage understanding of yeah. anything that's happening in here. So we don't know what the hell you're going to get. Yeah. And they're like, what? Yeah. I just, I just want more red stuff. <laughs> and you're like, me too, me bud. too, buddy. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, it it is certainly interesting just to kind of see where everything is is going. Um, what species are picking up in popularity? Mexican black king snakes. Why? For sure. I don't. I don't. I, yeah, they're they're cool. They yeah. are absolutely cool. Um, but they went from being a $50 snake to in a couple of years, like maybe two years being from $50 to $300 or $250. And I was like, Oh wow, that is quite the jump. That's a jump. Yeah. The, but you know what? In that same respect, I, I talk a lot of crap about that where I'm like, (laughs) Mexican black king snakes, they were $50 and now they're $250. That's kind of ridiculous. I think that these animals are worth way more than we are giving them credit for. For like sure, yeah. I feel like a lot of things in the hobby are super, super undervalued, and uh, you know you get some people who are charging. You know, some people are putting in the work and breeding certain things, and they might be charging a couple hundred dollars for a snake or, or for a lizard or for a gecko or something. And someone's going, "Oh, that's you're charging too much." And it's like, well, they put the work in, they put the the legwork in to really make this unique animal, and they appreciate it for what it is. If you don't think it's worth that, that's that's fine for you to have that opinion. But right. you know, for this animal, it's worth this to me. Like I remember, I bought a captive bred Halloween Amazon Tribo, and I paid, I think. $150 for it and then plus shipping. Mm-hmm. And I had some people who were like, that's terrible. It's a garden. That's You should never pay more than $100 for a garden. That's that's robbery. Someone ripped you off. And I was like, no, they ca- they captive produced this Halloween. I love Halloweens. If Halloweens were a $300 snake, I would still buy them because I think they're freaking cool looking. Yeah, And it was worth the $150 to me. If you want to go buy a wild-caught one for $40 and take your chances and get worms or mites or whatever, you can do that. But I appreciate the work that that person put in to breeding it, to getting it started, getting it established, and and all the things that went into, you know, making that snake. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's a lot of people who just, like, super, super don't have that mentality to it. They're like, it's a pet. It's a luxury item. It shouldn't be more than this price point. And I'm like, if I think it's cool, I think it's worth, I think it's worth more than that. Like I'm looking at the OKT corn snakes and I'm like geeking out over the growing and changing color and everything. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why is this a, 
why is this a $50 snake or a $75 snake? I think these things are freaking awesome. Like, yeah. And I think that that's where the disconnect is. If you can show people why they should appreciate things, they put value in it. Because yep. if, if before, you know, weird people are breeding snakes in their basement and no one is showing you why they're cool, you're going to go, wow, someone spent $100 on a snake. That's ridiculous. When I tell people that I've spent over $1,000 on a snake, like people who don't keep reptiles, they're like, are you shitting me? Are you kidding yeah. me? Why would you? And then I show them like, hey, look, I like this thing. I think it looks cool. Look at these things that I'm looking at. And I, that is visually appealing to me. And I get to share my life with this animal. I don't think it's weird. Like people spend multiple thousand dollars on dogs. And, and you know, I don't have to take my snake out on negative 10 degree walks outside when it's blizzarding outside. So. True. <laughs> true. This is true. But I just, I think that as social media has become more prevalent, people are showing why they like certain things. And as more people are getting to appreciate that, that's what's driving that price up. Like the Mexican black king snakes, they're cool. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I get it. It's a black snake, all jet black. That's cool. Um, but the amount of people who also think that's cool and are putting value in that is driving that price up. Yeah, yeah, and, for sure. And, you know, when it was a $50 snake, yeah, it's it's cool and everything. You know, it's you can get one pretty easily. And then as they're becoming more desirable, as more people want them, you can't just get them at that price. And I think that that really needs to get done with more things, honestly. Yeah. I think that as more regulations are put into place, which is very unfortunate, but as more of the things become regulated and less, like, bigger uh, breeders are going to be able to do things on scale that they want to do. Like with all the stuff that's going on in Florida right now, big lizards, the people who are producing big lizards in Florida mm -hmm. are going to get almost shut down. Like I'm not yeah. hopeful for that. I, yeah, I hope the that they can, of, but I just, I don't see it as being positive for the Yeah. The, the list of people who are allowed to keep and still work with and breed and stuff and breed those animals is, is quite small. Yeah. I was able to read through it pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and, and just looking at that, okay, you're going from maybe a hundred people who are producing them to now 25 people who are producing them mm -hmm. and able to sell them. So you go, okay, the supply is going to get cut in a quarter and there's still going to be people who want big lizards. Yeah. So, you know, that's that going to drive up that price up. Yeah, because yeah, people yeah. want it and they can't get it. Mm -hmm. And especially if any bans happen internationally where we can no longer import certain species and the people who are breeding them now are the people who are going to continue to be able to breed them in the future. That is like that's huge to me. Like mm -hmm. I see scrub pythons that get imported for, you know, five or six hundred dollars. And I'm like, okay, that's, you know, that's a decent price. But if tomorrow they decided to shut down importation of scrub pythons from Southeast Asia, those are going to shoot up all the ones, all the people who are breeding them in the U S you know, starting at probably $1,500 and up because they are an animal that is worth every cent of that. In my opinion, they're just amazing snakes and, and people are starting to put that value in them. And mm -hmm. I think that that is something that is just really starting to get its day like in the last couple of years, you know? Yeah, for sure. That's scrub pythons for sure. Have definitely gained, certainly gained some popularity. Obviously Boland's pythons mm -hmm. are another one. Ridiculous. Um, yeah. And it, it, it really is interesting to see because social media dictates so oh, yeah. much of these trends now, you know, from, uh, from a simple shed your snake video, mm -hmm. you know, um, to crazy iridescence, mm -hmm. you know, like we still get emails at, at least once a week yeah. we get an email from somebody who's like i want that really dark black retake that brian barcheck has because it's it's you know it's all rainbowy and mm -hmm. cool and whatever and um you know i mean i think it's awesome because like that aspect of it is what's driving that person to search for it you know and they're like i want that because i think that's the coolest thing ever um but it, it's also interesting because it's like well man these existed before yeah but it wasn't until somebody took a camera out and yeah, filmed their photograph that film it, you know, for their, you know, however many million subscribers to watch or whatever. Um, so I, I mean, I just think that's interesting. You know, then you have species like, again, like ball pythons, um, corn snakes, California king snakes that have like consistently been popular pre-social media. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, all right, well, well what? what made those things so damn popular 
versus hard to kill. what's <laughs> well, yeah, that for sure. But like, what made Cal Kings like a simple? I'm just talking simple, normal black and white Cal King. Mm-hmm. What made that so much more desirable than? Um, I don't know. Let's we'll keep it simple. Let's just say like a Pueblin milk snake. Mm-hmm. You know that uh, again, a nice normal Pueblin milk snake. You get three three colors. You know, so you get one extra color <laughs> in the mix. Um, but you're complicating things now. Yeah, right. Exactly. But you know, maybe a little less value. Yeah. To it, and um, nowhere near as popular in in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. If you really look at it. So what sets them apart? Because they're they're obvi- they're certainly not that much more difficult to maintain, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you can stay a little smaller. So they even stay concerned even about smaller. space. Yeah, you know. So it's it's just interesting, and, and I don't think I think with the um, Oreos and Halloweens that kind of picked up their popularity mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, but again, like, what makes one more popular than the other? Because um, we can't really say it's social media because the level of popularity on both has been consistent for yeah. m- for many many years i think it's interesting with corn snakes because corn snakes have always been popular but as more mutations are coming out as people are breeding more stuff they're getting more and more and more popular and mm-hmm. the pricing on corn snakes has, has gone up significantly from when i was yes. you know, younger because i remember seeing corn snakes for 40 dollars like every morph of corn snake for 40 or 50 dollars yeah it was <laughs> an albino an annery a snow you know a snow would be 80 dollars and yeah then, right 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 and then you know everything else would be 25 dollars yeah. no that's very true <laughs> and yeah i remember now, seeing wholesale lists albino oh, yeah. corn snakes are like eight bucks yes eight dollars yeah all day long yeah and uh yeah that's dude i you know so i think what did it for the corn snakes was uh obviously the scaleless stuff but uh disgust <laughs> but uh the the uh tessera yes gene yep um because it's one of the first genes coming out not the first but one of the first corn snake genes that's coming out that's not a simple recessive mm-hmm. um and then palmetto oh. kind of piggybacking off like the cow retic that's gotten so much popularity i really like palmetto corns. yeah palmetto corns are <laughs> phenomenal um, I think the letdown in palmettos is the fact that they don't really translate into other morphs very well. Mm. Um, I was talking to a buddy of mine who's done like snow to Sarah's mm-hmm. just to see what that would look like. And he's like, you can't, you oh, can't snow tell. Palmettos. Yeah. He's like, you can't tell mm. whatever. It's like a white snake. And then every once in a while you might see one or two scales that are slightly yellow. differently white, yeah, but still white. Mm. So he's like, you know, you can't tell. But even like albinos, okay, so you get some more red um, dots. Anneries, you're just getting gray and black yeah. dots. You know, but um, butters, some yellowy kind of dots. You know, but you're, you, what you're actually looking at is pretty pretty limited. Yeah. You know, granted it's all random and you could get one that looks phenomenal with a big blotch of color on it, but the chances of that are, are pretty minimal. Yeah. Um, but the palmetto by itself is still a, a an amazing single gene yeah. mutation. Um, so I think for corns, like just the the aspect of now being able to really mess up pattern more so than stripe and motley. Yeah. Because um, Tessera is kind of like it's like a labyrinth berm almost. Yeah, it really can destroy things. And sometimes it's just like a badass set of racing stripes down the back of the animal and then some crazy like marbly sides mm-hmm. and that's you know and that's it and other times it's like total labyrinthy berm kind of like you know all throughout the body um and you can get that first generation you know so as the saying goes with corn snakes it's probably het for a million other things oh. you know so suddenly you get that into a corn snake you know, somebody breeds a Tessera to their albino that's quintuple het for a bunch of things that they don't even know. Mm-hmm. And now suddenly they're hatching out all this whatever. And then you get it and you breed it to your snow. And suddenly you've made snow Tesseras and you didn't even realize it. So, you know, because I remember when Tesseras were over $1,000. Mm-hmm. You know, and now you can get a normal Tessera for like 250 bucks. You know, so their prices come down considerably. Um, but I mean, it's still floating yep. up there, you know. And I think it's just for that element alone. It's a, a dominant. I don't. I, I don't think there's a super. So it's a dominant mutation. Mm-hmm. 
that uh, that exists in an otherwise plagued by recessive mutation <laughs> species, you know. <laughs> and I don't say that lightly. They are plagued with recessive mutations in corn snake land. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. But it's like I remember going to expos and seeing like lots of corn snakes, lots of ball pythons, and then you know every now and again you'd see someone with some weird stuff. But I remember going and seeing people bringing croc monitors for like mm-hmm. four hundred dollars and them not selling the whole show because yeah. people were like, yeah, I'm not trying to get murdered today. <sighs> Just gonna leave that one over on the table. And Truth. and it's it's so weird to me that now like croc monitors are so expensive. I mean, I think that they should have been that price the whole time mm-hmm. uh, because they are an animal that could potentially seriously injure you, and you need to take that very seriously if you're going to own one. Um, and I feel like if you put a you know five or eight thousand dollar price tag on it, people are going to respect it a lot more than mm-hmm. a forty hundred dollar price tag. Like yeah. I had someone call and they were trying to haggle me over a two hundred dollar tick, and I was like, "Sorry, if you don't even value this reticulated python at two hundred dollars, you probably are not going to respect it." So no, I'm not budging on the price on this animal. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Ridiculous. But then there's things like monkey tail skinks that used to be like super cheap, and now they're like a thousand dollars. I remember seeing monkey mm-hmm. tails for like a hundred and fifty bucks. <laughs> yep. Show. Yep. Ugh. Yeah, now everybody geeks out as soon as they see one available, and they they usually don't stay available for very long. Yeah. You know, for the most part. Um, yeah, valuation, personal valuation of an animal, I think is is really key. Yeah. You know, um, somebody. That amazing group, Let Me Ask My Wife. Oh, I love uh, that group. Yeah. If you haven't on Facebook, check out the group, Let Me Ask My Wife. But it's only for vendors, people who sell stuff, yes. uh, where we get to complain about all the ridiculous questions we get in our emails. Yeah, <laughs> and I think it was somebody who was, like, uh, trying to haggle someone over, like, a $100 snake or mm-hmm. whatever. No, it was, like, a $200 snake and then, like, plus shipping. And they're like, could you do somewhere around like two hundred bucks shipped? Because like I'm a single parent and like, I saw this that, would yeah. leave me Oof. broke, you know, for whatever. And it's like, okay, priorities. Priorities. Like, dude, let's, why yeah. the hell do you want this snake if you literally only have two hundred dollars to your name? To your that, name. You like, should not. You said you're a single parent. You should get your kid groceries. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's just it's really interesting and bizarre. I'm like, what are you gonna spend the money to grow this thing up and then eat it? Because you know you don't know. Mm. You know where your next meal is going to come from, or something. <laughs> I I don't know. There's um. There's always colorful people at yeah, reptile expos. It's very true. <laughs> dude, like frog guy, the dude who has like the lo- the jewelers, uh, the oh, gem thing, mm-hmm. who like go up, to, Jesus, literally like go up to a container of dart frogs and like swing his body down with this little jeweler's microscope thing to stare at. At a little dart frog, and I think maybe to try to sex them maybe. while they're still very small. But uh, that that guy always gave me a few laughs. <laughs> Shout out to that guy. <laughs> oh, gosh. But dude, it's just it's so crazy. I hope that we can start doing reptile expos again soon. Like yes. I get it. We want to be safe. We don't want anyone to get COVID. Yeah. I'm I'm but on the train. Shows. But also. If Tinley doesn't happen, I'm going to cry like a little yeah. baby, and I'm going to be very upset. Yeah. Because I met some of my good. favorite friends <laughs> through going to Reptile Expo yeah. like Tinley. I think this it's is going to be either my fourth or fifth Tinley Expo, something like that. Yeah, so this would be my third or fourth, something like that. I, I want to go all the time. I still get excited but. for Tinley. Like, oh, hell I, yeah, dude. When I get my local Reptile Expos, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to go, but... I don't get super excited, but Tinley is different. It just makes me feel full, like of excitement. I don't yeah. know. It's it's. I have a tough it's time also, sleeping. Yeah, and it's also one of those shows. I mean, being the quote middle of the road, you know, where you get to see all of your friends from the west side, west coast, you know, yeah. and vice versa. If you're out on the west coast, um, you get to see us. Um, but I think like that's because you know sh- regional shows are obviously great. Yeah. You know, but uh, it's very rare that like, you know, White Plains, for example, it's really rare to have somebody like Nick Mutton, mm-hmm. you know, all the way in Cali or wherever uh, to come up 
to New York. Like, I think that's only ever happened once. Like Steve Tillis when he came up to work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so a place like Tinley, like, that's where everybody goes. So yeah. that really, it really is like a family reunion, mm-hmm. you know. And, um, yeah, that needs to needs to happen. Needs to happen. I'm going to cry. I also like Tinley for the fact that people typically, or they try to bring out the best of the best, whatever they produce that they're excited about. Mm-hmm. And that's why I started, to, like, we revamped this podcast was talk to people about what they're excited about and you get to do that at Tinley because you, you see this one animal that this person's been trying to make for four years and they missed on it the first three years that they tried to yeah, breed that yeah, pair yeah. and then they and finally, they finally made it, it. Yep. and it's like on their table and they're pumped about it with a big not for sale sticker on it and I like to go up and be like so what's the story behind this thing yep. I mean, tell me about it why, why do you love it because yep. I want to know why you're excited about that snake or that lizard or that gecko or, or that turtle mm-hmm. or whatever. And that Tinley is that place for me where I get to like really see what people are proud of and what they're working with. Like I might not be into uh, reticulated pythons. When I get to hear someone talk about what they like about their reticulated pythons, I like that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's always something exciting for me. And even like if I, if it's not something I'm into, I can still appreciate that they put that work and they love working with that animal. Like I might not want to own one, but I want to hear you be passionate about it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And that, I think those shows are also really where like the ultimate reptile nerds. Mm, Like me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love walking around and seeing people just IDing different species all over the place. And I'm like, that's me. Yeah. You and me, we can hang. We're cool. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I can't do that with you, bro. I know. One of my, one of my friend's favorite things to do, because like, when I was 17 and 18 and 19 and 20 and whatever, when I was younger, mm-hmm. uh, as soon as I got my license, I'd be like to my friends, I was like, hey, let's all hang out one night. And guess what? In the morning, we're going to Reptile Expo. And even if they were like, a lot of my friends kept reptiles, but they weren't like crazy about reptiles. So they would just walk around and be like, Rob, what's that? Rob, what's that? Rob, what's that? And they would try and play the game of stump me. And mm. it only ever happened, I think, like twice ever Oof. at the uh, expos and that's when Oof. there was like a lot of variety so i would like i would always go up and just like try and id every single thing that i could and try and see as much variety of the different things that people worked with there and i that was always something fun for me so what you're saying is that would not be a fun drinking game what whenever rob was stumped take a drink oh yeah you know that's a great drinking game because it's then a safe drinking it is game. a very safe drinking <laughs> game because you'll not get drunk very often if you were like okay you got to id all the ball python morphs then you're fucked but yeah <laughs> i know who wouldn't be my partner for that <laughs> <laughs> me i'm Oof. bad at that yeah it's okay <laughs> Dude, there are some things that are getting created now that I'm like, I don't know what's in that. Are you talking about the smuggler? Oh, God. (laughs) Those two are still on Morph Market, Are they? I think so. But they're $10,000. Wait, now I want to look. I'm going to look right now. So I'm going to fill you guys in. So we had someone call the store one day, and they asked us, if we had any of this one particular morph of ball python called a smuggler ball, we're plugging you. Whoever was making this, you got to pay us royalties and shit because Oof. we're talking about this right now. But the person called and they asked us if we had any smuggler balls, and I was like, I have never heard of that. Jeremy's well, apparently like, there's a super. Is there? Apparently so. A super I want to see that. <laughs> but uh. Uh, So the guy calls, and he's like, you guys got any smuggler balls? And we're like, nope. And, he, and we're like, we don't really know what you're talking about right now. And he's like, well, it's a, what, a $5,000 ball python. And we're like, okay. That, yeah, no, he's like, you breed it to a phantom, and it makes a $10,000 snake. And I was like, okay, all right, dude, that's cool. <laughs> cool, I, I guess. I legit have never heard of this snake until your phone call. Well, that's what I'm interested in. And I'm like, cool. Okay. Good and for you. Uh, yeah, so I looked it up. I looked it up before before I picked up the phone because uh, I gotten paged from Heather downstairs, mm-hmm. and she was like, "This guy's talking about a smuggling ball," and I was like, "That's not a thing." Yeah, and it's then not a thing. I was like, you know, I was like, whatever. So she's like, "All right, well, I'll, uh, you know, I'll just tell him." And then she pages me back and is like, "He's very angry now because he says it is a thing," <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh God!" So I checked on Morph Market before I picked up the phone, and sure enough, I saw these two, and they're still there. Oh. Phantom Smuggler and a Special Smuggler. It's a $10,000 snake. Yeah, so he's like, it makes a $10,000 snake. And I'm like, I'm looking at it right now, dude. I don't know. It hasn't sold for $10,000, so it's not worth $10,000. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm like, it's not even really doing anything special for me. But um, 
he was very adamant yeah that the smoke and he was like wouldn't really accept that we didn't have it yeah and I was like, I don't know what to tell you, dude. So finally, I was like, have you tried to contact the, the person who's that listed posted it? it? And he was like, oh, yeah, it might be a good idea. And I was like, oh, wow. my God. Wow. That's cool. Maybe do that. So, um, yeah, I don't. Hmm. I don't know. The Smuggler Project is a new mutation that we've been working with for the last three Are years. We hope to make right a now? super in 2020. I'm telling you who it is. You can go on Morph Market and look <laughs> for it yourself. But uh. All I'm saying is uh, cool. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know, man. Hey, but, man. Hey, can you go ID this normal ball python for me? Yeah. I, dude, that I would make a really funny video. If there's you something going on. No, 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 dude. You should get a normal ball python. And bring it around a reptile expo and bring it to ball python people and be oh, like, Hey, no. can you tell me what morph is in this and just watch watch them tell you what uh, morph it is? Watch the fucking <laughs> wheels turn while I laugh maniacally in the background. You're like, guess what? This is from a blackhead to a normal, so it's a normal. Uh, <laughs> no, see, okay, so that's how you really mess with them. You get a blackhead to a spider. Because they cancel each other oh. out, and they just give you a normal. So you'd be like, "So uh, what's going on with that normal?" There, and like, I don't know, man. It's a normal. You're like, wrong. It's a blackhead spider. Yeah, normal. Oh no. <laughs> I wonder if that, since it technically acts like super, so that makes the super normal. Ooh. Oh, is it? You, should you call it the invisible? Ah, uh, no. I think <laughs> that already exists. I uh, probably. I don't. I uh. make bad dad jokes. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Gosh, but dude, I remember when I first when I went to one of the first White Plains show that I ever went to. It felt like things were themed. Like there were certain things that oh, really yeah. were pushed by I don't know if it was by the person who's putting on the show or, or the people who were vending. But there was like certain stuff that you saw was just like, yeah, that's the thing for this show. And then you go to your next show, and it was something completely different. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought you were talking about like morph, morph stuff. Kinda and like I don't know I saw the one of the first shows I went to was like I feel like it's all Halloween stuff like they were like Halloween pueblins Halloween crested geckos Halloween mm. this Halloween moon crabs and I was like <laughs> oh, oh oh I guess sure. it's Halloween time Halloween right now. sure <laughs> yeah I don't know no I I would see that quite often too um, yeah Halloween stuff was always super super hot yeah and then um, oh God who was is it your friends at, at Hilltop Hognose that one year? The pumpkin, the, um, spice the pumpkin hognose? spice hognose? <laughs> it was just like a really nice orange albino Albino hognose. anaconda, yeah. And, and they, uh, they call it the pumpkin spice. pumpkin spice. And sold that motherfucker oh, sold for out. way more than it was worth. <laughs> well, I don't know, dude. Those are really, really orange albino That's true. No, no. It was, really, it was really nice. But but damn, if that ain't marketing. That's marketing, bro. Uh, that is what it's about. Yeah. Oh man! You put hold back on something, you write hold back on it, and that's true. That's the ticket to sell it. That is true. <laughs> that is very true. No, but I mean, it, I always think about uh, when it comes to, like theme stuff. My my mind always goes to the morph process. Yeah. Um, you know, because I mean, you think about spider ball to bumblebee to mm -hmm. killer bee to fire bee to you know, um, the insect thing with yep. the spider ball python, and then um. Uh, Kevin kind of went in that direction with like the clown stuff where he was producing like odd stuff from clowns and was calling it like circus. Yeah. And, um, and it, it just never really whatever. But, um, that then there's, uh, you know, when Kevin started going on his whole like demonic phase of, mm. of naming things with the angel of death, the inferno, the, the Lucifer, the Darth Vader, you know, all those things. And those were all things that like made Kev unique. Yeah, you know when it came when it came to that, but um, that's kind of gone a little to the wayside now because yeah. it, w there's so many genes stacked in stuff now. It's like I just need to know what's in it. Yeah, just tell me what's yeah, in it. Yeah, that's that's you the know. thing that frustrated me when I was like, okay, so uh, Mephisto is a single gene. He's like, no, 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 it's these four things together, and I'm like, oh, why didn't you just call it what what it is? What it is? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. confusing me. Yeah. <laughs> And then it's also interesting to see where, like, some names kind of died off. Like yeah. uh, the Azanthic bumblebee used to be called the zebra, zebra bee or yeah. something like that. We'll call it that. Yeah. Which, I mean, I think that's an interesting name. But, uh, but yeah, Azanthic killer bumblebee. bee or Azanthic bumblebee seem to be better. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I like stuff like that. Because you know who's got it really wrong and really messed up? Who? Boa people. Oh. They... Oh, here Love it comes, me. guys. Yeah. Get ready. There's going to be a 45-minute rant right now. I was going right to say, going to be the last <laughs> chunk of the episode is Rob bitching about Boa guys. Oof. Well, it just doesn't make sense. Uh. A, a triple-het snow – or sorry, a triple-het moon glow, a hypo-het albino-het and erythristic, a hypo-het snow are all the same snake, but they everyone calls them something different. I don't know why. Why do you do it? Someone who's got boas, who knows why, tell me why you have three different names for the same morph. I don't understand. Yeah. I don't cool. get it. I'm going to get off my soapbox. You sure? Yeah. Someone messaged sure? me on There's Instagram. There's 10 more minutes. No. Someone messaged me on Instagram. <laughs> Rob is creeping it real. And tell me why you Boa people got it all. And then they have the opal fire, but it doesn't have the actual fire. They have a morph called fire in Boas, but it's oh, not yeah. in the opal fire. Why is that? Why, why is that? I don't understand. Got anything else? I don't know. I just I'm sure there it. is. Oh, think about it. It stresses me out. Oof, it's true. No, I, I 100% get that. Um, no, you want to know what's funny? Um, the uh, black-eyed Annery, mm-hmm. um, the B-E-A, B-A, yep. yeah, um, was like a Ralph Davis mm-hmm. thing. So, like, we have that one and the tag. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yes, I think we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the tag on the one that's in the CB70 is uh, just B-E-A-R-D-R. Yep. And <laughs> anybody who doesn't know Boas is like, what? What is that? It's a B-E-R-D-R. Yeah, yeah. B-E-R-D-R. 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 A B-E-R-D-R. A B-E-R-D-R. Yeah, that's another another interesting thing, the acronym thought process. I just want to name something like really really obnoxious so when people you did ask for it at a show you did what? the garbles oh the garbles yeah. <laughs> that is that is kind of ridiculous because you went up to someone on expo do you have any garbles that yeah. you, it's, it's but i want it to be more ridiculous than that okay i want, I want it to be like something silly where like grown what? men are gonna have to be like do you have the uh cotton candy bubblegum snake oof <laughs> Ooh. That just makes me laugh. It makes me laugh that people would. Do you have any of the unicorn, uh, the, the purple unicorn snakes? Because, uh, yeah. No, I get it. I 100% <laughs> get it. I want to know, but I want to know if anybody, if, if anybody also really feels that silly when they ask about the stormtrooper ball pythons. Oh, I, I don't though, think like, so. I think they're 100 percent serious, and they're like diehard, like not only ball python Star fans, Wars but fans. Star Wars fans. Yeah. Like, do you have the stormtrooper, bro? I need the stormtrooper, bro. I yeah. need the fucking stormtrooper. Oi. <laughs> yeah, I don't think guys are gonna be like, I need the rainbow unicorn. They'll pony, just call it whatever it is. That is yes, yeah. yes, the My Little Pony snake. Oof. The, the cuppy cake. That. There we go. Ooh, the cuppy cake. The cuppy cake. Yeah. Oh. Do you have a cuppy cake, Borneo? Oh. <laughs> I'll, I'll laugh maniacally. No, no, no. You can't do it for Borneos. You'd have to do something like that for retics. Ah, the cuppy cake retic. Yeah. yeah. Come on, dude. That would be really funny. Come that would on. be really funny. All the dude bro guys who keep retics. Yeah. Yo, I got a cuppy cake. I got an albino cuppy cake. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> They'd probably shorten it to like the CC retic. And I'm like, See, that's, you, that's when you got me. That's when you take the ocelot and put it back to the rainbow. Mm. The rainbow cuppy cake. The rainbow retic. cuppy cake retic. That would be the first <laughs> combo I would go for with it. Or the cuppy cake rainbow retic. Uh, However you want to say it, that oh. could be pretty good. That would that would make me very happy on a deep personal level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could have uh, some fun with that. Because I feel like leopard gecko people wouldn't care. They'd be like, "So what? We don't care. We keep geckos." Yeah, leopard geckos have some cool ones though. Um, the I mean, if eclipse, you think just like the enigma, the eclipse, the, the black enigma, knight, the blood, blood. Yeah, yeah. Um, they don't have any the, weird goofy even names. even though it's like somebody's name, the Max Mill. Yeah, he's macking. He's macking. <laughs> Mac Daddy. Oof. Uh, yeah, there's some interesting names. I don't know why we did what we did, but maybe maybe if I have Janet babies, I'll call them the Cuppy Cakes. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Uh, the Cuppy no, Cakes. No, you gotta scrum. call them the Janets. The Janets. Aww. Janet and the Janets. Uh, yeah. 
I don't know. I would the give family band. Those, I'm keeping all those, so yeah. no one, you can't have them. Rob's made that perfectly clear. <laughs> Anybody who wants Janet babies is going to need to spend at least $10,000 yeah. on a single one. Otherwise, <laughs> they're not leaving. Yeah. First clutch is mine. All mine. I keep them all. Oh, boy. I love scrub pipe. And then suddenly I can already envision it. I'm going to get a text at like 2 a.m. And he's going to be like, dude, I have a lot of scrubs. <laughs> and I'm going to be like, I know, bro. <laughs> I as, know. As long as I can have a hammock set up in the middle of the room so I can sit in the hammock and enjoy them, I'm cool. There's no I'm gonna, too many scrubs. I'm going to come in one morning and you're just going to be all bloodied up. Yes. And I'm going to be like, rough night with the scrubs. <laughs> you never clean them at nighttime. It's a bad idea. Yeah. Oh, it's a really boy. bad idea. Mm. Oh, boy. Mm. But carpet pythons, though. Carpet. Hey, <laughs> out of sex and all the er, – no, I didn't even sex them all, all the Darwins. Two. I sexed two. But I only got one bite. I'll take those odds because I've also had clutches of carpets that are like, oh, I can't even off. go into the enclosure and they're already like. One of the little IJs hit me pretty hard the other day and I was yeah. like, why? Why yeah, did you do that for? You, but like they, they came out of the egg and they're fine. I picked up whole, like the whole clutch and they're all just chilling in my hands. They go Oof. through their first clutch, uh, the first shed, and they're all chill. And then I feed them once and then now they're the devil. What is yep. this? That's not cool. Dude, I remember the first time I ever hatched Centralian carpets and uh, – I didn't cut anything. I mm -hmm. let them all come out on their own, and um, it was like Medusa's hair mm. in the in the egg box, which was pretty cool. And then I had to take them out, and it stopped being cool very quickly because <laughs> they all wanted to annihilate me. And I was like, "Why? You're why? supposed to be like typically the friendliest of all the mm. carpet species." Mm. And suddenly, <laughs> this is false information suddenly I'm suddenly i'm bloody. gonna put that on the petco care sheet because that's where it makes sense and uh <laughs> yeah once they once they had a couple meals they were cool but like that first like two weeks with them yeah, nope not did not it. want anything to do with me and i've always kept all of my stuff kind of on soak as a clutch until they go through their first shed and yeah. then i set them up individually and uh anytime i needed to like change the water mm. out or anything like that it was like I think it was like 15 or 16 little babies and it was 15 or 16 little missiles just coming at me like multiple times and you know you 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 try to like hold them down so you can just dump dump the water out you don't have to worry about taking them out whatever try to make it happen really fast and man moving my hand over like mm. pew, 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 yeah. pew, pew, and uh. i'm like oh cool i'm bleeding uh. <laughs> that's when i see baby burmese pythons i just know i'm gonna get bit i just know it's gonna happen Dude, that little hypo lab nailed me yeah i was cleaning mm -hmm. a couple days ago i was like hey stop that we have another clutch coming just so you know of berms oh yeah just normal stuff for the pet store. oh Got is that it. from yep. yeah. Yeah, yeah okay yeah i saw that email yeah, yeah. I just was like, oh, I'm going to get bit so much taking these pictures. Why? Oh, yeah. Uh, and sexing them. Uh, You're going to have somebody else sex them? I'm going to have someone with gloves hold them, and I'm going to sex them. Okay. That'll, that's that'll work that out. fun. Yeah. I, pff, fun, he says. Fun, fun, he says. It's fun. Come on, dude. Get a berm, he says. I'll do it. No gloves. Okay. I'll you, do it. You can hold them. I want it to take a before them. picture of my hands and then an after <laughs> picture of my hands. That'd be really funny. Yeah. Don't get bit reptiles. I'm, dude, I'm You, you heard I'm it here serious. first. When, when do we get them in? Oh, I don't know. I, oh, okay. I talk to them. All right. But, um, <laughs> you're going to do before I'm gonna and do after? It. Yeah, I'm going to do a before and after picture. <laughs> Maybe even a little video snippet. You know, a little Instagram live on yeah. the New England Instagram reptile live. Instagram. Yeah. What are you doing, Jeremy? I'm bleeding. <laughs> no one makes me bleed my own blood. Yeah, except berms. Except baby Burmese pythons. Baby berms. Oof. Uh, that just oh, reminds boy. me of the one that bit me on my shin, like the front of my ankle. Oh, like I the remember my shin, that. And it wrapped my ankle like yes. an ankle bracelet. I was like, why are you doing that? He's yeah. like, I'm eating your foot, bro. Yeah, and I was like, oh, please, please no. Oof. Don't do that. Yeah. Go to your new home. Baby berms. <laughs> That's right. It was that one that was getting shipped out. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. How about that? How about Burmese pythons where they've gone from like a $50 snake to now being several hundred dollars? <laughs> that blows and a, my mind. And a few thousand dollars in, in some cases. The yeah. pies were well over $10,000 yeah. for a while. Um, yeah. That's, that is an interesting 
Interesting. You know what's crazy? Yeah. The pet store that I went to when I grew up, like my town pet store, Mm -hmm. was called Tropical Treasures. Mm -hmm. And the guy, Stu, who owned it, someone gave him a labyrinth berm back in the 90s. So, like, labyrinth berms were not a thing that people had. And someone had donated it to his store. And it was, like, his big snake. He had it in, like, maybe a four-foot by three-foot by three-foot thing with like he built perches in there and that was his like that's a big snake you no one touches that just me it's very it's very angry blah 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 and I, like he's like i don't even know what it is it's like this weird stripey kind of burmese python and then looking back you know i didn't know what it was at the time because i was a kid yeah but like looking back now i'm like oh that was a labyrinth berm and that was probably like a three or five thousand dollar berm that someone just gave him wow because that's they, crazy yeah and he was like yeah it had a little name tag on it and everything but mm-hmm. I remember one, I got to watch him feed it once, and I was like, that's awesome. Cause so didn't... there was a point you had the little, you know, berms or? No, I got to watch a big snake eat something. I was like, that's cool, because berm. I never, I didn't care what it yeah. was. It, it was I made tried it, to get him. It made guys. it less cool because it was a berm. Ah, <laughs> it's not what you just <laughs> he, said. It was cool because <laughs> it was a big snake. He had, like, uh. he had garter snakes there and, like, corn snakes, but he never had anything rare like exotic for snakes because he was like a bird and fish guy yeah so he he like didn't really have a crazy reptile selection but he did get us tarantulas when we asked for them so that's cool shout out to Stu. i don't know if he's still around but (laughs) shout out to him he's cool (laughs) oh boy i miss that pet store all right dude so jeremy in closing what is something that you're excited about with reptiles right now flipping it on you i'm gonna have you i'm gonna have you say it say the thing don't make me do this what have you seen on on Facebook that's cool recently with reptiles? Oh man, I've okay. I've seen a lot of cool stuff. I've seen a lot of cool stuff. They, oof. Okay, I'll give you my top two. Top two. All right. So, first and foremost is going to be a shout out to Ozzy Boyd's. Hell yeah! With all this super OD stuff mm-hmm. that he's been doing, and even just some of like the high intensity orange dream stuff. Um, I was staring at like the. OD and or maybe it was super enchi or super OD enchi hypopides. Mm, those they're things glowing. Glow. Yeah, they're like radioactive glowing, and I'm like, that's ridiculous. And he just posted these two animals that are like I'm assuming OD black pastelli Mojave kind of things that don't look real. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you saw the picture, but they're pretty they're freaking silly. Yeah. Um, so that's number one. Uh, number two is uh, a little selfish. I'm excited, um, to finally breed some blood and short tails this fall. Yeah, yeah, brother. Very psyched about that. Um, one of my buddies wants to do a joint project on the bloods. Um, he's Ooh. got an albino matrix, a T-positive albino matrix female. And he was like, hey, do you have, like, a T-pos or anything? Mm. And I was like, I do. So it's not anything crazy, yeah. you know. But uh, it's been a long time since I've even attempted to breed bloods. And I've never bred short tails before. So mm-hmm. this fall would be the first time. So I'm excited about that. Hell yeah. So That's pretty bomb. Yeah. What about you? What, what gets excited you excited about, about reptiles? Besides those uh, badass water snakes that you just I, got in. Yeah, those water snakes are freaking cool. <laughs> so shout out to Tim Spuckler, man. He produced some badass. Look up broad-banded water snakes. I got some of those. Not the crazy red ones, but I got some some of the more black ones. And I am pretty geeked out about them. I really, really like those. But I think that for me, the most recent things I've seen that I've been excited about in reptiles is... Stephen Cush just hatched out some really nice scrub yes. pythons, some barneck scrub pythons. Shout out to Steve Cush um, and Cold Blooded Cafe. He's working out there with them, and he produced some super super nice barneck scrubs. Um, and then David Means and and Chris Foley are producing some super nice barneck scrubs. They got tons of eggs right now, so I scrubs all day every day are just exciting to me. Um, and then so you got two. I'm gonna do two. Do it. That was my first one is those scrub pythons. And then number two, what have I seen recently that was, like, really mind-blowing? I just saw that. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. That's cool. Um, <laughs> Let's see. 
Hmm. Maybe I'll just do the one. I just like scrubs. Just the one? <laughs> I all right. I can't think. I, I saw some pretty cool stuff, but I, keep, I see stuff all the time, and I'm like, oh, that's amazing. That's cool, too. Uh, th- this that's thing, true. that thing. Uh, 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 uh. And I get all ADD, and I'm like, oh, that thing was cool, and then that thing's cool, and then my brain is like, you need to photograph things. Stop looking yeah, at cool don't things. Don't do it. Stop it. Don't do Stop it. Stop it. Um, I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, I think that's it. Just the one? No, no, no. I figured out what the other thing oh, is. All right. Steve Tillis with his Mocha project with the Borneos. That shit. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I am like sweating over that, and I yeah. need to get some of that. And Steve, we we need to talk. Let's, let's do some things. Yeah. But, yeah, I need to yeah. – that, that project is insane. Check out Reptilis on Instagram. And check out those Mocha T positive albino Borneo short tail pythons because those things are off the charts Silly. and I'm in love with them. And it's just the tip of the iceberg for that just project too. The tip, dude. It's literally just the tip. It's they said just the tip and they just put in the tip. Like that's that's exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So if they, uh, people want to find out more about you, where they got to go. All right, so if you want to find more out about me, you can find me on Facebook, Jeremy Turgeon, or at Brassman Reptiles, Instagram, at Brassman Reptiles, and Twitter, at Brassman Rep. And, and I just launched a Patreon Yeah. Um, that kind of encompasses both reptiles and music, uh, so you can check that out. Become a patron. Um, over, just search up Brassman Reptiles. Uh, there's five different tiers you can, you can subscribe onto. And, uh, yeah, what about you? Where can people find you? Uh, they should find me on Instagram at Rob is Creeping It Real. I guess you can follow me on Twitter, Rob is Creeping. I don't use Twitter all that much because I hate it and it's confusing and I'm an old man, so I don't understand Twitter. Oof. I don't get it. I just don't understand it. Oof. Yeah, yeah. And then, I don't know, I don't use most other things, so. That's true. Don't add him on Facebook. Don't add me on Facebook. But uh, Rob is Creeping It Real on Instagram. Rob is Creeping on Twitter. Uh, Follow me there, and we'll see you next time. Boom.